God be with us even as we preach your gospel. Preach through us. Let the words of my mouth, the meditation of my heart, be acceptable in your sight. You who are my strength and my redeemer. In Jesus' name, amen. Because next week I begin my series of Christmas messages. I wanted to take a moment today to finish something I started last week. I started it looking at 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 through 18. And I'm going to try to take a serious subject matter and keep it as lighthearted as I can. So give me an effort. I'm talking today about Thanksgiving to remember. The passage I'm talking from is 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. Verse 16 says, Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Would you look at someone right now and say, neighbor, God wants you to shift your emotional perspective. Amen. You may be seated. Tell the person next to you, the, the other one, just say, God wants you to shift your emotional perspective. Now do me one more favor. Look at someone else and just tell them this. He's not going to do it for you. I want you to take a moment, a quick 17, I think it's about a 30 second commercial, uh, one you've seen before, but I want you to watch it again. It's a commercial from Honey Bunches of Oats, a lady by the name of Diana Hunter. Check her out. I get out of work and, and I go to the store and somebody smelling around, mm, I smell cookies. I said, oh no, you just smell me. I just got out of work. That's Honey Bunches of Oats, that's all. I said, don't eat me now. You know, there's a lot of things that upset people that really shouldn't. I guarantee you this, there's somebody else at that factory that gets off work and runs home and jumps in the tub as quick as they can because they can't stand the smell of honey bunches of oats. They get mad if someone looks at them and says something about how delicious they smell. No, but this woman, instead of being sick of the smell and upset by life, and why am I in this? Oh, by the way, 
Did I tell you? Diana Hunter is a real factory worker. She's not a, just a paid actress. And she just retired after working there for 40 years. She could have said, I'm sick and tired of the smell. Sick and tired of working in this factory. I should be much higher by now. I should be in a different place. I should have more money. I should have more that. Instead, she praises God. I've had a roof over my head 40 years. I've had food in my stomach. I've had somewhere something to drive. I've had someone to love. Life and your enjoyment of it has a lot to do with your perspective about it. Okay, you got that one. I got a little bit of longer video, but one more time, look at the screen. When you see him on the court, it's no surprise 18-year-old Kalen Bennett is on his way to play D1 basketball. I'm a hooper. A dream he didn't always think would come true. Down and ready, Jesus. Kalen has autism. The towering six foot ten star didn't even walk until he was four or speak until seven. I used to not like people at all. Like I didn't like being around, surrounding myself with people at all. His hoop dreams brought him out of that shell. And in turn, Kent State discovered him. Possibly the first athlete with autism to sign a letter of intent with a D1 school. Kalen credits his mom with helping keep his eyes on the prize. Because he was like, I don't think I can do that. I say, uh-uh. You can do it, and you're gonna do it. You're gonna be great. Well wishes now flood his Instagram. You give a mom like me hope. There was a time when Kalen's mom was told he would never talk, let alone dunk. So let's give him the final word. The reason I'm being recruited is not because of autism. That's not the reason for me. I'm a great basketball player. And a great human being. Kevin Tibbles, NBC News. You know, my man RJ, when he watches worship here, he gets excited and afterwards. He plays church and he even preaches like me and sets up his little community of church folk. Let me tell you something. That mother could have looked at that baby not having walked until late in life and said, I'm giving up on you. Not having spoken and said, I'm giving up on you. Been developmentally delayed in so many areas and given up. But here's a shout out to all of those mothers and fathers in here that choose to say, okay, life ain't been fair on this one. I would have liked to have a perfectly unchallenged person in my life. But that's okay, because God blessed me with my child. God, God did something for me, for my child. God, God gave me, and God has blessed me so that I can love mine, and I'm going to give what I can give to mine. And, and it all has to do with your perspective. And some of us get so upset by the littlest challenges. We go to moping, our heads are down. We look like we're sorry, we're sanctified, baptized in deadly lemon juice. We walk around mad at God and mad at everything. When the truth of the matter is that life is filled with challenges, but there are just as many Colin Bennett's 
as there are challenges. God helps us to meet our challenges. Sometimes, brothers and sisters, we spend too much energy contemplating what's wrong with our lives. The focus is our health. The focus is our household. The focus is on the hazards that we have to go through. Unintentionally, brothers and sisters, we, we sabotage our emotional well-being and create a spirit of woe around our lives. Life is not always easy. Stop telling people that. And stop the fantasy that comes with Instagram. Just because someone does a selfie that looks beautiful doesn't mean everything was beautiful. And a matter of fact, the way they can fix up photos, you don't even know if they're beautiful. When you meet him in person, what you thought was long is short, what you thought was plump was skinny, and what you thought should have been skinny is way out there. Fact is, there are a few times when we're clicking on all cylinders. Now, I know some of you don't get that metaphor, but cylinders is, a, is an engine metaphor, which means that it's running smoothly. And, and even if smooth street, even if you could get to smooth street, uh, you, you know, there's, a, um, there's a, a street here, not too far from here, called Easy Street, literally. And people can actually live on Easy Street. The only problem is you can't make your life just like the name of your street. It doesn't necessarily imitate one another. Because see, even when you're on easy street, smooth street, guess what? There'll still be death. There'll still be taxes. There'll still be traffic. Bills are still coming in. Children will still be around. Relationships will still come in. In-laws, outlaws, and sometimes no law at all. Jobs or job searches, smooth really doesn't define real life because all of us have to deal with failure. Life is not always easy. Let, let's be honest. When the apostle says in everything, he says be thankful, give thanks, rejoice. When he tells us that, when he tries to allow us to realize that God wants us to give him glory and honor, what he sometimes is failed to be seen is the fact that sometimes we are members of the less family l-e-s-s matter of fact the less family has too many siblings and some of whom i wish i could excommunicate yeah the less family you, you don't know the less family joyless hopeless soulless helpless directionless, defenseless, speechless, comfortless, sometimes even motherless and fatherless. And there are days when you feel friendless and if not, sometimes downright useless. <laughs> what, what do I do? in the midst of my life to live thankful, to live a life of gratitude. 
You know that song, Grateful, Grateful, Grateful? Grateful, great, gratefulness is flowing from my heart. I, I don't know. I got to get to the place where gratefulness. It's flowing. You're starting to get it here. Now, now, you know, Paul has to shift their perspective. And the reason he has to get them emotionally ready is because the people he's talking to, as they begin to accept Jesus, as they become people of the way, the more they become partners with Jesus, the less they're going to be accepted in their communities. And the key community for them was the synagogue. So they were going to be put out of the synagogue. And in so doing, Paul wanted them to know that even if they are not accepted by some folk, that God still loved them. Even if life was not easy, that God was still on their side. Even if life is sometimes troublesome, God is still there. Oh, let me see if I can make myself clear. Here, here I want to break this down into two quick ways, two quick things. The way people respond to pain, to hurt. And, and, and the reality is that there are really two ways. I call it the, sec, the secular and the sacred, or the secular and the spiritual. Those, those are those it. And so let me see if we can work just for a few minutes. Won't be long. But I feel a little something. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Just, just, just stay with me. Stay with me. Stay with me. Person next to you look like they're getting tired. Give me an elbow. Okay, no problem. Just get. Okay, here it is. Here it is. Here it is. Here it is. You see, when pain hits, there are a lot of responses. And all of them are individual, but they can be large categorically uh, put into three different categories for today. You'll find yourself in there somewhere. Okay, okay. Usually, it'll be profanity, pity, or panic. Profanity, pity, or panic. What do you mean, Reverend Profanity? Yes, I mean just what I say. Somebody gonna cuss. My mama would have used up a whole lot of soap on some of y'all. Some of you stub your toe. 
And there are words that come out of your mouth that don't belong in church. Some of you could scare a sailor with what you'd say. And they've heard plenty of words. I stubbed my toe, I holler Jesus. You stub your toe, well, let's just say we are praying for you. Yeah, profanity. But don't think that that's the only kind of profanity. Because see, sometimes there are a lot of ways to profane when we get hurt. The Bible says that, that Peter, Matthew chapter 26, verses 69 through 75, after Jesus is taken into custody and they're about to take him away and they're about to kill him, when, when that happens, there's people come by, they know it's Peter, they look at him, they see him, they see and identify him. And on one occasion, verse 73 says, and while it came unto him that stood by and said to Peter, surely thou also art one of them, for thy speech betrayeth thee. Then he began to curse and swear, saying, I know not the man. And immediately the cock crew. Yeah, there are times when because we go through stuff, it's almost easier to deny God than it is to handle what we're dealing with. Okay, you didn't get it that way. I'll try it another way. Job chapter 2, verse 9. Job's wife comes to him. Everybody knows the story of Job. It's not Job, it's Job. Uh, the story of Job of a man who loses everything. Can't get much more pain than that. And after he loses everything, his wife comes up to him while he is sick himself. He has lost his family. He has nothing but a wife left and very little else. And there his wife comes up to him and says, Dost thou still retain thine integrity? Curse God and die. See, 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 th sometimes, let's be clear here. I, I got to hurry because I've been a little long. But, but sometimes it is easier for you to deny God than it is for you to deal with your reality. Instead of handling your problems, it's always God's fault. I ain't going to church no more. I hate them church people. I don't believe in God. I'm an atheist, can't even spell it. No, what you are is hurt. And it's easy to blame God because life hasn't been easy for you. But don't let the devil trick you into an emotional decision about your relationship with God. You're going to need God. Yeah, profanity. But uh, the second thing on there, uh, under these secular ways, and I, I'll, I'll shorten my, my, my speech just because I know I have to. The second thing in there is pity. Pity. And, and you know... Some of y'all know quite well what pity looks like. Oh, yeah. You, you can get, have you ever had a pity party? Some of y'all might be having one right now. No, no, no. Be honest with yourself. 
Sometimes you get to thinking of how bad things are and you get to belly aching about the woe is me and the, uh, nobody cares. All by myself. I'm just struggling by myself. All my friends have, they, they got mother and father. Here I am, I ain't got mama and dad. I, I'm struggling. The devil is alive. My, my, my friends, they, they parents live together like I care. It doesn't change your life. It doesn't change your life. Your life is going to be what you will allow yourself to make of it through God. And pity parties are the precursors to have, living a life full with excuses. It will always be somebody else's fault why you didn't succeed. Instead of saying, hey, this is what I got, I'm going to work what I got. This is the hand I've been dealt, I'm going to work my hand. You know, Marvel Comics does a better job at working with a bad hand than some of us. You, you put Tony Sparks in the middle of a desert and give him a cup piece of steel and some electronics, just give him a little, give him a little time, he'll come out flying. Y'all missed it, that's an Iron Man reference, I know it's just. Come on back to church, I'm trying to help you. You put some of us in the desert there could be a car out there with tires fully inflated and all it needs is one spark plug and we don't have enough sense to get out there and even try to even try to fix it. Why? Because our perspective is that if everything doesn't line up perfectly, it doesn't work. Look at the person next to you, just say neighbor. neighbor. It's not going to line up. Make it, work Make it work with what you have. Okay. Then, then, there's, then there's panic. Yeah. The pity comes in for Job, for Job, Job chapter 3, if, you, if I do this real quick. Job 3, 3 through 11, uh, under pity. And I can't do it for all the scriptures, but let me just do this one. In Job 3, 3 through 11, Job says, look, let the day perish when I was born. You can go back and read it. He said, he said, said let the day be darkness. Let not God regard it from above, neither let the sun shine upon it. He's so upset because stuff ain't going right. He starts having a pity party. And then he has panic. Yeah, that panic attack hits him. No, no, when he really hits him, he gets so upset, he can't find God, he can't figure out what's going on, and then he starts talking junk. Oh, if I could but find him, I'll straighten God out. Yeah, there are those times in our lives when we lose our minds. You, have you ever seen somebody you love, maybe your child, 
cut up real bad and you knew that you were like two seconds away from trying to see about if you could make another one later. <laughs> and when they come back to reality, you look at them and say, oh, thank God, I'm glad you're back. I don't know what that was. Life can put you in such a panic that you can lose it for a moment. But thanks be to God, there's a spiritual response to the shifting of my emotions. And, and, and so let me raise those real quick. And I'm out of time, so, but let me do it anyway. I got time. I'm, I'll give them to you. I'll give them to you. I'll give them to you. I got to give them to you. I got to give them because they're going to bless you. And I, I want to do this next week. They're going to bless you. Okay. The, 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 the spiritual response, number one, is pleasure. Doesn't that sound crazy? He's so cray cray. Yeah. It's getting to the place where you realize if God lets me go through it, there must be something good going to happen after it. I knew I had a couple of saints up in here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I glory in my pain because I realize if God lets me go through it, there will be glory after this. I wish I had two or three folk who understood what I'm talking about. Is there anybody here that realizes that there's some things you have to go through to get where God is taking you to? Look at somebody and say, neighbor, don't be afraid of the valley. On the other side, there's a blessing. I asked, my, I asked my minister to stand up here. I ain't going to tell his testimony, but I can tell you like this. Just a few weeks ago, he had surgery for his neck. They went through his throat to get to his neck, pulled everything to the side, and began to work on him. Before he went in, he was telling me he was having numbness all the way down. Y'all done got what I'm talking about. If you don't go through this, you can't get this back. Y'all ain't got me in here. There's some stuff you have to go through to get the blessing you really want. Look at somebody now say, neighbor, I've been through too much not to worship him. Woo! Come on, right there. Let's go, let's go. I've been through, I've been through. Somebody help me stand. Oh, 
Okay. Okay. Here you go. If, if, if somebody next to you know, uh, just touch your hand. Say, neighbor. There are sometimes when you can't see your way through, you just have to pray your way through. So pray for me. I like that, I like that, y'all. Last one. You've got to take pleasure in your pain. You've got to have prayer during your pain. But finally, you need to know how to praise in the midst of it all. Because if you know how to praise him, you realize that all things are going to work together for the good of those that love God. So in the midst of it all, I got to praise. I've been through, I've been through. I dare you to praise him right there. Hallelujah. My worship is for real. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. My worship is for real. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. My worship. Hallelujah, hallelujah, my worship is for you. You're so worthy, you're worthy, you're so 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 worthy.